You're like so gay. Hello, all you sexual deviants. And sexual deviant wannabes. What is going on? We are done being spooky deviants, and now we are being Christmas Jolly deviants. deviants. Yeah, I don't know. I'm Jewish, so the whole, like, Christmas time starting on November 1st has, like, never really, really been a thing for me. But really happy for all those people that find so much joy in it. I'm really happy for you. Well, I feel like the, like... Do you find yourself able to get into the, like, the vibe and the feeling of the season? No. Or is it literally just, like, nothing about, like, holiday season does it for you? I mean, it's fine. I don't, like, dislike it. I'm slightly scroogey, but it's more just, like, not my thing. I'm more into, like... Okay. I'm more into, like, Halloween the entire month of October versus, like, Christmas for, like... Got it. So it's less about like the fact that you don't celebrate Christmas and more about the fact that it's just not your season. I think so. Okay. I can live with that. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I can live with that. Good. Matthew. You're <laughs> going to fucking have to. Well, if we're going to keep doing this podcast and friendship, I'm going to have to figure, I'm going to have to be all right with some things. Yeah. With my personal affinities. <laughs> to... What? Look, I, I can, I can go whenever. Oh my God. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway, yeah, so now that spooky season is over, um, let's reflect on our spooky seasons and um, just talk about what it really meant to us. <laughs> it meant so much to me. What'd you, what'd you do for Halloween? Nothing. Okay, also, honestly, like, I realized it was the the 25th or whatever, like, the beginning of this week, and I was like, wait, oh my god, it's, like, Halloween time, because it has felt like it's been, like, August, like, I'm yes. like, why is it, what, how is it October? Like, where, do, now it's November. Like, where has the time gone? How did we get here? I don't fucking know. So then I was just like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And then, like, with the state of the world, of course, I didn't actually think anything was going to be happening for Halloween. Yeah. On actual Halloween the 31st, I had a feeling that it was going to be just, like, not even, like, the mad dash, but just, like, the wishy-washy, like, getting texts every hour on the hour of, like, so did you did you find anything to do? Like, is there anything happening? But no one actually ever like committing to anything. So I decided to just avoid all of that and be responsible and sit on my couch and watch movies alone. <laughs> I love it. What movies did you watch? Um, I watched Witches, which we actually the nineteen ninety version. Yeah, we we met we mentioned it at the end of the interview in this episode. Like you were like, have you seen witches? And I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. So I was like, well, may as well, may as well watch it. So I watched that and it was, it was, it was an acid trip. It was so weird. (laughs) Um, but it was entertaining, I guess. And then Mm. I watched scream four, which has so much more of a, like a star started cast than I ever could have remembered. I don't think I've ever seen it. So it Actually, I was, know for a fact I haven't seen it, but... It was good. It was Emma Roberts, Hayden Panettiere, um, that guy from Young... Nico Tortorella. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, who else? There was literally, like, everybody. I was wow. like, wow. It was crazy. Okay, maybe I'll have to watch it. It's, I'm, it like, embarrassed fun. to say I actually haven't seen any of the screams. Um, really? So, yeah, I don't know why. I just I also, like, just don't know where to find them. Are they on oh. Netflix? I watched the fourth one on Hulu last night. 
Okay. Shout out to Hayden for having every single streaming service connected to our TV. <laughs> Roommate goals. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also watched an entire season of an Apple TV show that I recommend to everybody. It's called Ted Lasso. Ted it's Jason Lasso. Sudeikis. It, Is that the one where he like goes to be a soccer, soccer coach? coach? It was one of the the most well done shows I've seen in such a long time. I watched really? the entire season in like uh, two days. I remember seeing commercials for that and being like, this looks like a mess of a television show, but it's not. Yeah, I mean, I literally had never heard of it, and I was getting, I, like, saw one of my friends on Thursday, and he was like, he was like, please, just, like, this show, give it a chance, watch three episodes, like, actually, actually try to get through it, and, like, if you hate it, like, just get through three episodes, and I was, like, hooked after the first one. It is so cute. Wow. Is it a comedy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a comedy. Okay. It's so oh, heartwarming and so good. I'll have to find somebody's Apple TV password and give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right before finals. That's all. It's exactly what yeah. I need. <laughs> what did you do for Halloween? Um, sir? I was at my boyfriend's and we both woke up and it was maybe like two hours after we woke up. And I was like, oh, it's Halloween. And he was like, oh, yeah, it is Halloween. So um, <laughs> we didn't really do much in the way of uh, actually. We didn't dress up. We didn't like go out or like do anything. Um, but we watched we decided to sit on the couch and watch some Halloween movies. Mm-hmm. in Same fashion as you. So um, I don't know if you guys can tell. I'm actually not the best storyteller. Uh, <laughs> what? I know, I can't believe it. But we watched The Silence of the Lambs. Oh, so good. So good. I hadn't seen it in a number of years, so um, I I didn't forget, but I was, like, reinvigorated with how creepy Hannibal Lecter is and how good of an actor Anthony Hopkins is. And then we watched The Scream Team, the Disney Channel original movie. I don't remember that. I have to look it up. Huge fan. It was surprisingly actually like a good movie. Obviously, you know, it's a Disney Channel original movie. So like, you know, it's not a blockbuster, but like it's it it's held up better than other movies. I I personally think so. It's it's cute. Um, It's about ghosts. (laughs) Spooky. Yeah, (laughs) spooky. And then I um, he lives in Philly. Oh, that woman. I'm looking at pictures of it. I remember yeah. that. I do vaguely remember this movie. Yeah. Zachariah Cull. Does that name ring any bells? No. No? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, then I came back to my parents' house and uh, had dinner and went to bed. That was my Halloween. Love Super it. Super spooky. Oh, you know, I did actually watch Hocus Pocus with my mom when I got home. And, oh my god, I watched so many movies yesterday. Um, <laughs> and I watched the end, the second half of this movie called The Lost Boys. If you haven't seen it, Aaron, I think you'll love it. It's beautifully done. It's from the 80s. It's like the coolest vampire movie ever. It's like California 80s. I've never seen costumes and like hair that and accessories that is are so stereotypically 80s oh my god it's amazing wild 
Anyway, what's some what's some queer stuff that's been going on in your life? Have you watched anything queer? I mean, I guess all Halloween is queer, but <laughs> no. Why, Matt? What about you? What do you want to <laughs> talk so about much... today? <laughs> so annoying. We don't need to fucking have segues. Just be like, I want to fucking talk about Bly Manor because I cried. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I do want to talk about Bly Manor because I cried. <laughs> I told you, it's it's good. It's I know. Uh, I never <laughs> I never was like Aaron. I think you're lying to me. <laughs> Whatever. Um. Oh my god, I finished Bly Manor like a five or six days ago or something and what is time at this point yeah i don't know i was like i had to i've never had a show where i finished it and had to just like turn everything off and just sit and just like try to compose myself (laughs) to process to process and it probably was like worse that i was like uh, sitting on the couch with my boyfriend and was just like oh my god gay love and I'm sobbing and so I just kind of like sat there and was like (sighs) yeah (sighs) he was like oh god what the fuck is happening (laughs) yeah um but I don't think this is a spoiler um because I heard it before I watched the show and it didn't spoil anything for me also it's been out a month at this point right yeah um, but just like the lesbian romance in that show is amazing. Yeah. I mean, the I'm, whole show is amazing, but I mean, I still think, I don't remember who I was. I don't think I talked to you about this yet, but I just really, I think the marketing for it was a little off in my opinion, because I think in having it associated with Hill house, even though it's like not associated to Hill house, but like linking them together it like changed my expectation of it a little bit so i was i don't know it just reminded me of like the conundrum with like jennifer's body like i think it was um mismarketed in the fact that the show kind of was like this is a horror show this is a scary tv show and in reality like i didn't think that the show was that scary i thought it was like a sad heartwarming like love story that had ghosts in it but like i don't know it wasn't I, that's that's just my opinion yeah. though but no, it I was agree. very well done yeah no I agree I think there definitely were a few parts that were like oh, like the, I can remember like one scene specifically where all the hair on my body stood up but it, they were few and far between yeah um it was much more like tame than Hill House and I thought Hill House was like scarier so that I think I had the expectation that it was gonna be like scarier yeah just because it was like, oh my god, season two, like, they're gonna have to do it bigger, they're gonna have to do it better, but in reality, it was more like a cousin than, like, a sequel. Totally. Yeah, because I wasn't, like, super keen on watching it at first. I was kind of like, yeah, whatever, like, another another haunted house yeah. show, whatever. Um, but I'm so glad that I was, I'd, like, I shut up and watched it. (laughs) Yeah, it was so good. The cast was amazing. Oh, those two little kids are, especially the little boy. Oh, I think the girl is like an incredible actress. I thought the boy was amazing. I mean, I I thought thought the girl was was amazing too. I thought she was better. Peppa. Perfectly splendid. Perfectly splendid. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. Although there there were a few things with the ending that I was kind of like, 
I don't know if I, like, love that. These sirens are so fucking loud. What the fuck is going on in Hollywood right now? Can you hear it? No. They are <laughs> like, so loud. Is someone... Um, and it's been going on for, like, two minutes straight. Ugh. I can't wait to be a suburban mother when I grow up. <laughs> oh, my God. Let me tell you, I'm living in the suburbs right now, and it's not... For being 26, it's not the move. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and why I'm so happy yet. that I'm 24 and living in Hollywood and so unbothered by the car horns and the... Can you hear <laughs> oh, that? Yeah, no. yeah, now I can hear it. Like, what the fuck? Go on your roof this and see what it is. This isn't happening Let's take... all morning. Like, there Let's have been sirens and helicopters adventure. all morning. No, I'm not climbing up to my roof with my laptop. <laughs> uh-uh. Why? The people want to see. The people can download citizen and tune in on there i don't fucking know <laughs> also for for anyone listening that reference um because i don't think citizen really i don't know if it is like i popular. have no idea what it is it's an app where it tells you all of the like crime happening near you and my boss made me download it when i first started my job because i was like going on runs for work and he was like oh if i ask you to go to melrose and there's like a man wielding a knife at Melrose. Like I need to know so that I don't send you into like a crime scene because like LA is so, um, there's always so much going on. I'll put it that way. So, uh, it tells me like, Oh yeah. Like I get notifications throughout the day randomly of like women, like women hitting car with metal pipe, like man exposing himself to people (laughs) 0.2 miles away. And it's just like the craziest shit. And it, I don't actually think it makes me feel safer, (laughs) But <laughs> oh, but it's entertaining. I, I mean, ignorance is bliss for a reason, right? Yeah, and then it's like next level. It's kind of like Nerve, that movie that had Emma Roberts in it. Um, like if I were to open it up and like if if there's like a fire like two streets over, I can open the app and I can like live stream what's going on so that people can like see what's happening, which is like Whoa. a little much, but. <laughs> I don't know. A re- ringing endorsement for this app. Yeah, not sponsored. <laughs> not a uh, podcast un- sponsor. Uh-huh. I mean, unless. All right, well, let's get into this episode anyway. Yeah, Matt, because... why are we releasing this on Monday instead of Tuesday this week? I don't know. It was your idea. You're right. It was my idea. Um, because... <laughs> <laughs> because Tuesday might be like the end of days. I don't know. So I we this week wanted to release an episode that's not like rooted in the election, but you know, the election is happening tomorrow. So we wanted to do something that kind of touched on it a little bit. Um so we have Julio Salgado on this week who is a queer undocumented artist and activist from the Los Angeles area. Um I found him through an the art organization that I work for in San Francisco, but I felt like I mean his story he he's just like so fun to talk to in general and I love his art. Mm-hmm. But you know I I personally don't know if I know any like undocumented people personally. Maybe, I don't yeah. I, I'm not sure. Like, it's not, I don't think it's a conversation that, like, happens very frequently. Yeah, I think it's also cool to be releasing this episode with somebody who is, um, is very politically active. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of his identity is 
under attack essentially mm-hmm. from the current administration. So it is his, and, and, you know, as queer people, we, there are lots, all of our identities are political in that way. But I think some people's are potentially more political than others. I don't know if that's the best way of saying it. Um, more but, aspects of their identity are politicized. Yeah, there you go. Um, or it, somebody who's many aspects of his identity um, are under attack. Many of his rights are under attack. So as somebody who is very openly active and, you know, using his voice for good um, in the political sphere, we thought it would be a really good idea to have him on mm-hmm. to, you know, talk about him and yeah. hear about his life in yeah. the wake of what is going to be a country, a, another mm-hmm. country defining moment. Um, yes. So yeah. Um, Julio is very, very articulate and has a lot very. of incredible thoughts and it was a fantastic interview. It was. Um, I like I love in editing it. I like literally didn't. I don't think I cut anything because the conversation just flowed so naturally and perfectly. Mm-hmm. And that, like, he is so articulate. <laughs> like, yeah, I think I texted Aaron literally like ten minutes in. It was just like I fucking love him. <laughs> yeah. So you're gonna love him too. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe. Not that you can. Well, yeah, and by like, comment, I mean give us five stars and leave yeah. us a positive review. Yeah, Thanks. if you if you are enjoying the podcast, please go give us a positive review on iTunes. Um, you can rate it five stars. It literally takes like less than a second. You just click the button, and then if you want to like write a review, they make our day. We go through and read them, and it's just so fun to get to hear people's thoughts, and it helps in the algorithm. And then. <laughs> Yeah. And we also care what you have to say. I do really appreciate hearing feedback from people. Yeah. Um, yes, so yes, if yes. it's going to be negative, put it in the DMs. And if it's positive, put it online. Yeah. <laughs> we love constructive criticism in the DMs. Um, I do. And I then do, two really organizations really quickly that Julio wanted to highlight. But for I think it, like the recording cut out before we got into that part of the conversation. Yeah. But really quickly. Right. Um, Familia... TQLM and Culture Strike. They will both be linked along with all of Julio's um, social media and website and everything in the description of this episode. Go give them a look. Uh, Give them a follow on Instagram too. Yeah. And then send this episode to someone. It's an important conversation. Tuesday's going to be huge. Maybe you're going to be waiting in line at the polls for an hour and you'll have an hour to kill and you'll be able to listen to a great podcast. Yeah. (laughs) And send it to your send it to your mom who's undecided. Send it to your uncle who's a dick, but yeah, may have some redeeming quality in him somewhere. Everybody, Everybody has who, redeeming quality. You just got. I don't find know if it. I agree, but okay. Like Julio says, I think people within your family are more apt to listen. Or like, oh people, yeah, people for sure. are more apt to like listen to people that they care about versus like some dumb twink on the internet at us. All right. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's gonna be my new. Um, if I had Grinder, that would be my new Grinder name. Some dumb twink on the internet. <laughs> another dumb but twink I, on the internet. Another dumb twink. Maybe I should make that my Twitter handle. <laughs> Just another, another <laughs> dumb twink. Another dumb emo twink. <laughs> what? Like it's hard. Okay. Anyway, I'm gonna make that my Twitter name. <laughs> oh my god! Here's the interview. Talk to you guys. Enjoy. Next week. Bye. Make bye, sure bye, you bye. vote. Bye.
super excited for this. I'm excited too. Thank you for the invite. I'm always, you know, down to, you know, talk about the arts and the queers and all the things in between. <laughs> yeah. So excited for this combo. Yeah. Are you in San Francisco right now? I yeah, there? right now I'm in the Bay. Uh, I right. just got in yesterday. Yeah. But you're based in LA normally, right? Yeah, I'm based I'm based in uh, in Boyle Heights. Uh, I grew up in Long Beach, uh, but I lived I lived in Berkeley for five years. So you know the Bay is it's 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 my second home. Very nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. So really quickly, do you want to just start off by introducing yourself to everybody, giving like a short bio and talking us through who you are? Sure. Yeah. Um, so my name is Julio Salgado. I am a visual artist. Um, I happen to be undocumented and queer, and those things have uh, have they've had a big influence in the work that I've put out in the past 15 years or so. Uh, and, you know, they they definitely have, you know, the, the, those are things that were seen as challenges and weakness, uh, but I sort of turned them around and, you know, created what people have said, powerful art. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And... I know you told us before this, but do you want to, like, where, where are you from? Where's your, um, the region where you grew up? I'm just trying to think of, like, you know, like, what, inf- what, like, region of, of the course. country influences who you are? Yeah, no, yeah, so, um, I, I grew, I grew up in Long Beach, California, um, and I was born in Ensenada, Mexico, and I came to the U.S. when I was, like, 11 years old, and so I've definitely have been here over half of my life. Uh, I just turned 37 this year. And so, um, you know, like this is, this is all I've known, you know? And so, um, this idea, uh, of, you know, go back home, you know, it's like, well, this is, this is home. This is my community. This is where I, I've, um, you know, I've, I've come of age. Mm-hmm. I, this is where I've, this, this is where I politicized myself. Uh, there I've, you know, California specifically, we think of California as a place where, you know, it's like liberal and progressive, but, you know, I've encountered my share of um, people who, even within this state, uh, don't want me here. And so, um, you know, we can talk about policies that go back to, you know, anti-immigrant policies that have, uh, that have been created here in California, right? And so, um, but nonetheless, it's like, it is a place that I call home. And so, um, I, I, as I mentioned, I grew up in Long Beach. Um, I, I lived in the Bay Area for around five years from 2012, 2017. And now I'm back in, in LA. And so I'm, I'm for sure a Southern California person. Um, <laughs> and I mean, Ensenada, where I'm from, Ensenada, Baja California, it's, uh, it's literally three hours away from LA. Um, two hours if you're driving really fast. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> it, it, and it's, it's, uh, you know, I'm a California person, you know? And so, um, I think, I think California, there's, there's something about West coast people, right. That, um, uh, you know, whenever, whenever I used to be able to visit other places in the country, uh, people <laughs> visiting, remember, uh, uh, I, you know, people would say, you know, like there's, there's something about, I, I don't know, like people from California that were like very like, uh, you know, bright and, you know, not bright and smart, but like, you know, there's sunshine, you know, the, 
the sunshine mm. stayed. <laughs> um, and so I, I love that, you know, mm. and so it's, and I think, you know, that has had a lot also influence in my art, right? Like, um, a lot of my art is very colorful. It's very um, sunny. And, and uh, even when I talk about issues that are, are very hard, um, you know, to talk about. So, and, and I do it on purpose. The perception of the West Coast. <laughs> I'm from just north of New York City. Yeah, my, you, my perception of the West Coast is exactly what you <laughs> described. I mean, I definitely, I mean, I, no shade to New York. I love visiting New York. But I don't, I don't, I don't think I, I am not, I'm not, I'm not made for that weather. <laughs> and, I mean, right now it's getting a little cold here in California. I'm already wearing a sweater. Uh, and, it's like you 70 know, out. I, it's, it's a little, it's a little cold. It's a little, I mean, compared to, oh, compared to what, God. yeah, exactly, right? Like, so I'm not made for that weather, but yeah, like, you know, we, there's, I mean, there's, maybe there's, there are some, you know, some truths to stereotypes about your state or the state you're from. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Will you tell us a little bit about you growing up and kind of like realizing you were queer, coming into your queerness, kind of what that journey looked like? Yeah. Um, I think for me, I, I realized I was, I was different when I watched when Aladdin came out and you know like I Aladdin I, I like all the yeah <laughs> I'm very Aladdin yeah cuz Aladdin came out when I was like what like I, I was probably like like 9 or 10 I would have to you know research what year it came out um mm-hmm. and so <laughs> I I remember the boys you know loving Jasmine <laughs> and I was like I don't I don't I want to I want to I want to kiss Aladdin you know that's what I kept thinking Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think TV, uh, definitely had a, a big influence, right? Like growing up in Mexico, watching novelas and falling in love with, with the, you know, with the, with the main guy, um, <laughs> the always, yeah, the heartthrob, <laughs> right? Like it was, it was very, it, it was, I knew there was, there was, I was a little different and it wasn't until I moved to, to the U S when I was around 11. Um, and my uncle actually, uh, my uncle who unfortunately, uh, passed away like two years ago. But he was the first gay man I met. Um, and, and I mean, I knew him because he, he actually migrated to the U.S. Um, in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, you know, he kept going back and forth. And so um, I didn't I didn't really get to know him until like I moved here to the to the States. And, and we actually, you know, like every migrant story that you hear a lot of the times is like he opened up his home and he welcomed, you know, he walked, you know, he lived in a one studio like in a studio in in echo park you know <laughs> back before when it was affordable uh and and so you know we moved in with him for a little bit before we moved to long beach and so uh my uncle really and he's he he was he's always been super open about uh about his queerness he was always super open and so um you know like you know he had books and magazines and you know there was I was like I you know I think this is who I am you know and so um there was definitely something uh about you know having an uncle having you know that we we often talk about the queer people that opened the door for us right we talk about the heroes Mm -hmm. we talk about you know, uh, Sylvia Rivera, we talk about Harvey Milk and the people who made it, uh, op- you know, uh, easy for us to come out. But it was in my family when my, by the time, by the time I came out of the closet, my family knew 
like it wasn't a big deal, right? Like I didn't, I don't, I mm-hmm. never had to sit down yeah. with my, you know, external family uh, and said, I'm, you know, I'm gay. You know, I, my mom and my dad, yeah, but you know, like when he came out, like it was like a big deal. And so, um, I think, you know, I, I thank him for being the the person um, who opened up. I actually never came out to him. Um, you know, I never. It, he actually uh, self deported back to Mexico in the early 2000s because he was like, I don't want to be here uh, in this country. I'm going to go back to Mexico. And it was always my um, my hope that, you know, eventually when I, when I'm like, if I, whenever I fix my status, whenever I get my green card, I'll be able to go visit him and we'll have this conversation man to man about, you know, I have so many questions. Mm-hmm. And so I'm actually currently working on a, on, on some art around that, and I'm interviewing uh, gay men uh, who were who, who around my uh, my uncle's age, um, and kind of you know think about that conversation that I never had with with him. Uh, um, you know, and there's there's so many there's so many things because another thing about growing up with my uncle, um, he was all always uh, open about his HIV status, um, and he always talked about you know um, you know he's like. I'm eventually going to die. I'm going to die. And, you know, if I'm going to die, like he was very blunt. Um, and so mm-hmm. there was part of me hearing that as a, ch- uh, as a teenager, uh, I was super scared. I was like, you know, there was also the lack of education. I was like, that's what's going to happen to me. Um, and so uh, th- I, there was part of me that was that was afraid of growing up to be a gay man, because what you also saw in the media was always like, you know, this, this is happening again. I grew up in the nineties. Uh, I was a teenager in the nineties. And so it was, it wasn't, it was bad. Uh, but like there was, there was, um, there was a sort of, the portrayal was always like, if, you know, be careful, even, even, even by the time I came out to my family, one of the first things that, uh, or when my family would find out that I was gay, uh, one of the first things they would say was like, well, be careful because you know what's, you know, what happens to gay men. And I'm like, you know, that could happen to anybody, any, you know, man, woman, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. You know, like, uh, you know, this, this thing doesn't, it, it, it doesn't discriminate, but it did, it did affect me, um, you know, in the way that I saw, like I had to learn, um, you know, what it, what it really meant to be uh, a queer man. And of course, you know, having access being, you know, going to college, like really that opened up, uh, you know, my educational, um, my educational choices uh, of what, what it was to be a gay man, right? But at, at a young age, I knew, I, I always knew. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I have so many questions. <laughs> Please ask. So many like different directions. I yeah. think this could go. Um, Aaron, I'll let you go. Okay. Um, really quickly, I don't know very much about queerness and it's like whether or not it's like acceptable in mexico like mm-hmm. are central american countries and like is mexico mm-hmm. open to that type of thing or is that not really like a yeah i mean i i think i mean definitely mexico has come a lo- uh, uh, very long uh, has come a long way uh you know uh since I can't remember, right? Like, it's still, there's yeah. still, like, like in this country, there's homophobia. Uh, there's definitely uh, a lot of that, um, you know? And so, but but I think, uh, I mean, again, I haven't been to Mexico since I was 11, 12. So, like, that's my experience yeah. is not, you know, living in Mexico as a gay man. Mm-hmm. I always wonder, right? I always wonder, I'm like, what would that have been like if I, you know, grown up uh, as a gay man in Mexico? 
would I have migrated here? Um, because I, I met a lot of, you know, uh, migrant uh, Mexican men, specifically from Mexico, who were like, you know, we left Mexico because it's very homophobic. Um, and and things have changed. And I and I, I noticed it, like, for example, we have we have our own version of, of, of uh, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, and, and it's and like drag, oh, really? Like, like really drag has, has changed, um, um, a lot of the conversations around, uh, you know, gayness, of course, there's still, there's still that, you know, I mean, the transphobia that we deal as gay men, you know, like that we have, you know, towards, you know, trans folks, uh, it's there, mm-hmm. um, you know, the anti-blackness, the race, like all that, it's, it's still there, but um, I think what RuPaul's Drag Race has done worldwide and, you know, this art of drag, it has, you know, all of a sudden you have, like, straight people coming to clubs. And, again, I haven't experienced that in Mexico. Um, yeah. But I, you know, like, a lot of my aunts uh, and my uncles know about me and my cousins. And it's, like, like it's not a big deal, right? And, 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 and of course, it it, you, it 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 all depends by state. There's all there's some states that are you know like, um, you know I have friends who have told me that yeah you know I'm from this part of Mexico that is not okay. And so, my experience yeah. from my family, uh, it's been it's mm-hmm. been it's been positive. Of course, there's the religion aspect of it. Um, that again, mm-hmm. it happens here in the U.S. as well. That you know one of the reasons of why you're not accepted is because Christianity or Catholicism or whatever. Um, and, and so for that, it's like, you know, I, I, it's sort of like the older generations who, um, you know, my grandma, who I love, I love my grandma. Uh, she's, uh, she's, she's, uh, she actually, uh, you know, went from Catholic to being Catholic to, to be, she became a Baptist in Mexico. Uh, and, and so my grandma thinks that homosexuality can be cured, you know, if you read the Bible. Uh, but, and so I've learned to like, I'm not going to talk about that. You know, I'm just going to love my grandma for who my grandma is. Um, and I can, you know, I'm, I know I'm, I might not change her mind, but I'm, I'm still going to be me and who I am. And I'm very lucky to be able to do that because not a lot of people, um, can, can do that with their religious families. Uh, you know, what, one of the things that I, I always, I always tell the youth, uh, I'm like, if you see a window of opportunity, to like if your family doesn't kick you out of your home if your family um you know it's open to having conversations around this um it, it's it's a it's a way in my dad when i came out to my dad my dad was like i do not want to know anything about your 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 choice he called it a choice right um mm. and that yeah oh and, and i mean that to me i was like okay he didn't kick me out he you know he didn't curse me out and so, and this is when I was like 23, I, you know, I was in love with my then boyfriend in college and I was like, I'm going to tell the whole world. Um, and so, you know, I, it, from then to where we are now, if a lot of people who meet my dad now, they're like, oh my God, your dad is so cool. Like he's super open. You know, I'm always putting him on my Instagram and he loves you for mm-hmm. who you are. And I'm like, that, that didn't happen, you know, from from one day to the other like it, it it was a lot of me pushing back um and and so i always say that if you have that if if if, if you're yeah if because you know like it, the way that i see it is like i don't know what it's like to have a gay son and and now that we have conversations as m- me more you know like as a as a grown as an older man uh men to men like my dad was like he was like you know the first thing that, that i think about is your safety right like 
He's like, mm -hmm. I don't want somebody to hurt you. And so sometimes the way that, especially, you know, in a culture, you know, where machismo, uh, it's, it's very, it's, it's like this, <laughs> um, you know, his instinct is to be like, forget about that. And, you know, don't, don't, don't be that. But because of, I have my uncle, you know, my uncle, you know, exposed my dad, like my uncle used to throw parties and my family used to go. <laughs> And my dad, of course, you know, like it was like we have, I, you know, I have pictures of of my uncle, um, you know, my 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 some some of my other uncles who, of course, were making jokes and you know were like kind of like you know being weirded out. But that to me, that was a, that that to me was an example of like, you know, this idea where we have to get away from our families um, because they're not accepting us. Like it's possible to change, right? And. It, it's mm -hmm. it's literally a matter of like somebody being willing to have a conversation and you can't expect from one day to the other uh that they change their mind um so i i think i think it takes it takes a lot of work you know we i i, I think we, we're in a culture where as soon as somebody doesn't see our way we don't want to interact we don't want to yeah you know and so for me especially my family how am i not gonna have a conversation about my family i'm like do you not love me is that is that it and so you know there's there's many ways to have conversations um you know with with family members um and i understand that that it's it's every family is different and there's times that that it's just not it's just not possible and you just have to walk away but yeah. So do you have any advice for anybody who might be going through that of, on kind of like chipping away and starting to change their parents' minds? Yeah. I mean, if, if you have that opportunity, if you see some change, like um, <laughs> I've always, you know, one of the things that I learned growing up was that I, I would, I would be super intense about it. Right. Like I'm like, you know, um, uh, like I would I would like because my sister would bring a date and I'm like how come she gets to bring a date like you know I was very confrontational a lot of the times and so yeah. mm -hmm. being confrontational with your family is not going to get you anywhere a lot of the times because you know just imagine when somebody's confronting you like you know like and so uh and again especially I'm when giving... it's like your kid and you're like I raised you <laughs> exactly like, how dare you exactly <laughs> exactly um I I think I think more than anything you know being being patient because it's you're both learning you know like your mm -hmm. parent is you know your parent is learning how to have a queer child and you was you you're you're figuring out your queerness and you know and then on top of that if you have family that doesn't support you that could be even harder i would also say um you know to finding finding your crew man like finding finding people who will you know, whether it be friends, mentors, I think mentors are, you know, I, 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 I become a mentor now. Like I'm at that age where like, uh, you know, the youth is, you know, they're asking me to, you know, mentor them. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, you know, I, there's, there's a lot of us who have experience and, and not just in the queer world, but like, you know, undocumented kids who are, who are like, you know, like I grew up when there was no DACA, right? Like DACA, which is the Deferred Action for Childhood mm -hmm. Arrivals that has allowed mm -hmm. me to have a social security and all that stuff that could be taken away any minute now. Um, again, we don't have to get and into now that. With that yeah, now with the new Miss Amy. Uh, and, and so, <laughs> but, 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 you know, like I had that experience of, of, you know, I remember what it's like to be 
uh, you know, having questions. And so I rely, I relied a lot on, on mentors uh, and people who, who were willing to listen to me. And so um, you will make mistakes. You sometimes will not know what to say. Uh, your parents will not know what to say. They might hurt your feelings. But the fact that you're, you're they're willing again and again, I, you know, I, I, I want to also check myself and, and, and like saying that this is a scenario where you're, where a family member is, is opening up, you know, to like, they're not kicking you out. You know, I know it's a very low bar mm -hmm. <laughs> to start like, oh, well, at mm -hmm. least they didn't kick me out. But it's a real, but it's a real bar. bar, you know, because it's a real, it's like, you know, it's, it's real for a lot of, a lot of youth who, you know, are homeless because their families don't accept them and. You know, and, and I mean, and, and, and especially, you know, I, a lot of my focus is on, you know, queers of color, you know, queer, you know, uh, because within our, our, you know, whether it be religion or, you know, the culture, um, uh, it, it's, especially if you're an immigrant in a different world, like, you know, it's automatically thinking like, oh, it's, it's your American way of thinking, which is like homosexuality has been here for, you know, years and years and years in different cultures in our own cultures and so um so you know there'll be mistakes on both on both ends but i would i would say that find that and and you know and find and find your crew find the people who who will support you yeah so i i say this from a place of genuine curiosity just because you know i i am not a, a recent immigrant to this country my family is not they're not recently immigrated here. And um, I just wonder, are, are there like specific challenges that you think are not that not something that like all queer people, all queer immigrants would face because that's like a huge generalization, but are there kind of trends that you see that queer people who immigrate here tend to um, challenges that they tend to have to deal yeah with. I, I I've noticed it in the generational aspect the generational there's there's mm -hmm. there's ages right like I came here as I mentioned when I was 11 years old um so my you know I grew up watching Daria the Simpsons you know Will and Grace and so like mm -hmm. that's that's where that's where my way of thinking um I have friends who came here when they were in their 20s um and you know imagine going to a different country and you know learning the culture and like um mm. you know it's just being not being able to communicate um you know i have a, i have one of my good friends uh he came here when he was like 21 uh and you know so we have this you know i had like a whole year of an advantage you know of him and we're like around the same age um, and so, you know, he's like, Julio, you, you know, like you don't struggle. Like the fact that I was able to qualify for DACA, that's that in itself. It's, you know, it opens more doors for me than it does for him. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, also I, I didn't, um, I, I did one time I did this, uh, I was doing a workshop, uh, with, uh, older queer, uh, uh, men, gay men, specifically gay men from Mexico and Central America. And I was doing this presentation and I, in some of my art, I reclaim certain words, uh, you know, that, that we get called in our countries. Um, you know, Joto is kind of like the F word, uh, you know, like being called at us. And so mm -hmm. I, I did this piece where, you know, a lot of us are reclaiming and even in Mexico, you know, newer generations are reclaiming those words and putting them in art or whatever. And so I remember doing, showing them this piece and 
a lot of them got offended. They were like, how dare you uh, use this word in your art? Like, that's not art. That's trash. That's offensive. We, we, we had to flee our country, um, you know, because people were calling us this and, you know, they were, they were, they were like beat us up calling us that word. How dare you? And so I felt, um, for me, that was a learning experience because, you know, even though we're both immigrants, like we come from different generations and different experiences. And so, um, you know, the, 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 the college, you know, person of me, and this is what, and this is, this is my opportunity, uh, to talk about, you know, like a lot of the times, you know, especially with Twitter, um, and, you know, Facebook and Instagram, like we throw a lot of words out there that, you know, we so, uh, we, you know, whether we read in a book or we learn, you know, whatever, you know, like not a lot of people have access to certain things uh, or certain theories or certain, um, mm -hmm. you know, and so mm -hmm. to me, I'm like, if we're not, if you're not inviting your family, if you're not inviting your elders, if you're not inviting, uh, you know, the other queers who are, you know, like in this example, going back to your question, like, you know, queers who came here in, in, mm -hmm. at, a, at an older age, um, you know, this idea of, of, you know, being open and, you know, being progressive it, it doesn't it stops there you know like it it you know the the world is not academia the world is not marching on the streets it's it's real life experiences and this was one where mm. i i was that was i was trying to share my art but essentially they were like we don't like it and you know what what do you do then right like like a real life interaction and so i i, I think we kind of ended up like agreeing to disagree <laughs> Um, mm. because I remember mm. when I was a little kid in Mexico, I do remember being called that word. Um, uh, I never got beat up. I never had to leave the country for that reason. Right. And so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, of course, it's very different experiences. Um, you know, there's also, there's, there's gay men in Mexico who are well off and, you know, it's similar, like when here in the States, right. Like, you know, and, and people that people that have, you know, there's the class, a lot of times we, you know, within the queer community, we don't talk about class, the class differences mm -hmm. and how much, how that gives you access to certain spaces um, that other people mm -hmm. don't have access to. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's complicated. And, and I, I, I want to go back to Mexico. I want to, I want to visit. I want to, I want to be able to experience that. And so um, it, it, uh, yeah, so. That those are those are little and those are two examples like you know three different you know examples of like me coming when I was in you know ten years old my friend when he was in his twenties and older men who came here older queer gay men who came here you know in their forties mm -hmm. or fifties. Hmm. That really, Aaron. I apologize. I'm kind of taking over a little bit. Oh, good. But um, uh, it, that actually really leads me into another question I had for you is really kind of language based. Um, I mean, do you find that the microaggressions or terminology or just the way that people speak about you as a queer person just either like feels different depending on what language you're speaking or, um, I guess go with that as you will. I'm not fluent in another language, so I guess I can't really uh ask it in the the correct yeah. way oh yeah it's i mean but if if you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah <laughs> no i totally understand what you're saying I, I i it definitely does make a difference uh again i i keep giving this example of my friend um you know even my partner my partner uh you know like he's also he was mostly raised in, in, in mexico and you know there's times that i will 
you know, say something and, you know, he like doesn't really like, he's like, what are you, what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to, when I, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I speak perfect Spanish. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but when you're talking to, when you're talking to like a Spanish speaker, they will like, they will, they will say, that's not how you say it or, you know, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, through watching this show, this show that, uh, you know, the, the RuPaul version uh, of, it's called La Mas Draga mm-hmm. or the, the drag, it will, it will be translated to the, the, the draggiest, drag, the draggiest one. The draggiest. The draggiest yeah. one. Um, and La Mas Draga, and I'm learning so much, so many so many like you know uh words that they use in mexico and i'm always like texting my boyfriend i'm mm. like what does that mean like when they said this and you know and so it it, it definitely you know it, i mean language you know changes all the time and especially you know it could be within generations i mean here in the states when you older folks who you know who were not maybe part of you know certain movements and you use the word queer uh, they get confused. They're like, don't, I don't identify mm-hmm. as queer. I'm gay. I'm a lesbian. You know, like, you know, so there's, 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 there's also, there's also generational things uh, that are going to happen, um, you know, in, in everywhere. And so, and but especially when like, you know, different language, like, you know, different languages. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> there, was a, there was another moment where, um, and, and I also see it with, with my, with my dad, right? Like, this is, again, this is somebody that I, that used to be, and he he told me he was like you know I remember being super homophobic when I was uh, when I was younger and and so and and so like he'll tell me like little stories I remember we're watching this show and I, f- I forget the the specifics but it had like a gay character and like it was like the the gay character was the, the punchline and my dad wanted to laugh and I remember he kind of looked at me like is it okay to laugh? Like, you know, and so like, that to me, like, it's, it's, it's sort of like, you know, it's cute, right? Like, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's growth. And, 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 you know, we all can use a little bit of that, you know, cause we, you know, we're that, that experience that I have sure. with the, with the older queer man, like it taught me and like, how, how does my art communicate? Is my art just for certain people? Um, is my art, you know, like just for people who, who are woke, <laughs> um, or is it is it really for for everybody? Or and, and am, am I okay with like maybe I'm not the right person to make art that's specifically for you know? And we're getting to like into details here, but like maybe I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm you know. There's other artists in Mexico who are making art around the experience of being a gay Mexican in Mexico, which is not my experience at all. That is a hard yeah, line but to I walk. Mean, it's it's it's. I mean, and and then and then the other part is growing up here <laughs> in the U.S. and you know, because sometimes I have an accent and or like there's words that like I'm thinking in Spanish and I don't know how to say it in English and I always I'm I'll be the first one to make fun of myself and say oh I'm ESL you know English is second language. Um, and, mm. you know, because I know I don't know how to say certain words, but then, like, when you don't know how to say in English or Spanish, I'm like, uh, where am I from? What am I doing? You know, and so <laughs> there's there's a lot. Yeah. There's definitely some, some you know, especially when you're in your, in your early 20s, when you're trying to figure out who you are, um, you're adding all these layers of, like, immigration, being brown, yeah. uh, you know, growing up in, in a, in a, you know, in a, household that was living paycheck to pay there's so many things and you can only you know you're only you can only deal with your experience and you can share with other people and we might have stuff in common but understanding that you know we also 
don't have a lot of things in common, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's so interesting it's, that like so concept of like cultural dysphoria. I've never cultural dysphoria. Like I've never that. heard that. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, that's it's, just like what I'm throwing together and like <laughs> what it sounds like you're describing to me. I don't know. Like it's 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 lot. I I I, it, it, I mean, and and there's there's so many. I just I just call it live, man. Like I just I'm just yeah. like I'm just like this is this is. I think, I mean, humans for centuries have tried to, you know, find the meaning of life. And I don't want to get philosophical here or anything, but I'm just like... Do it. Things, I want to hear what you have to say. You. Do things, whatever you want. Things, I'm really but, curious I mean, what you're going to say. <laughs> well, I'm just, you know, like, things will shift. You know, like, the things that we think right now are in the in, uh, that are correct, in the future, they will, you know, they will evolve. And they were, you know, things are constantly changing. I think when when you... There's there's a danger there's dangers when when you, I mean the whole reason of being called progressives you know or like being a progressive person is that you're you're you evolve you progress right and so, um, it, it's as somebody who grew up you know, an older millennial you know so I'm in between the people you know the boomers and the Generation Z, uh, and I'm also like older than some of the millennials right like. I grew up when there was no internet. I didn't have a lot of language. Well, there was internet. I'm not that old. There was, you know, we didn't like, you know, like we didn't, we didn't, I didn't have Twitter. I didn't have, you know, all of that. And so, you know, I still like to yeah. pl- pick up a phone and call friends, you know? And so, um, and so understanding um, a lot of terms for me, I'm like, I, if, if, if somebody's telling me, don't call me that, or this is my, my preferred pronoun, uh, as somebody who like learned English, I'm like, which which is the pronoun? You know, like learning those things, um, and understanding that th- this is what people want uh, out of respect. Like, how am I not gonna respect that when the older generations are like, back in my day, we didn't do it like that, right? Like, I'm like, yeah. you're just not evolving. Like, that's not you know. And and then and then I think of mm-hmm. people like my parents. When my dad told me, I can't, you know, like. You know, you telling me that you're gay, you have to understand it's different for me. I'm like, dude, you grew up in the 70s. People were having sex with everybody. And like, you know, like you grew up in like Studio 54. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, and so it's just, it's just, you know, we need to be okay with the fact that things will, you know, are shifting. That being said, being having said that, um, I do want to say, because, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, Twitter has allowed us, allowed us to sort of freely cancel somebody if they make a mistake or you know and and there's no a lot of the times there's no context um i understand for people who keep making mistakes and they keep fucking up and i'm like get rid of them but if there's an opportunity mm-hmm. uh to have a dialogue which is really hard to do that on twitter or online i mean i've been called everything on youtube on some of the videos that i've created i'm like those i don't know those people i don't i can't you know but if i have the opportunity to have a conversation and you know or soon or in real life with somebody, I will, you know, it's it's all about listening. And I'm not talking about like, let's try to understand the MAGA people. Why are they, why are they so different? <laughs> like, I, that's not at all what I'm saying. Um, yeah. You know, what I'm saying is like between, uh, like, you know, amongst ourselves, uh, listen, you know, we're in an election and as somebody who, as somebody who um, has been stopped by cops, uh, you know, and literally not having a license, 
um i had a i had a gun pointed at me by a cop uh you know when i was like 23 um oh you know and so my but i'm here you know and why because i have the privilege you know like i'm i'm not black you know like my experience would have been very different had i been you know a black a, a, a black man and so um all i'm saying is that like we all need to check our privileges and where we're coming from um but also mm -hmm. understand that you know a lot of people are like no like not 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 kamala because you know she was a cop and you know it's like well what do you have you have this other person right and so i'm gonna for a minute um this sort of i you know idealistic politics because we're never gonna find a perfect politics a, polit a perfect yeah. politician that doesn't exist that is not the reality and the reality right now is that people who are citizens who are able to vote um have a say is the system crooked is the system not meant for us yes of course but i'm like if you can do that you know do that and then keep organizing keep informing yourself keep educating others right um mm. I, I i just that i mean that's just the way that it that has to be it has can and you know it's continue take a break take a breather don't expect people to constantly you know be explaining everything especially as men you know um it's just it's 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 like you know there's there's access to educate ourselves but also if i have the opportunity to like educate others about my experience i'm gonna do it uh don't ask me like three times to do it <laughs> yeah. but you know it's 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 all we're all we're all learning and you know the internet is not that you know or like the way that I don't know if y'all seen. I'm gonna go on a tangent here, but like you know, I don't know if you've seen the, that that new documentary on Netflix, the social, what is it, the social dilemma. Dilemma. Yeah, like how we're like you know like evolution. Uh, technology has evolved so fast, but we haven't evolved yeah. at all. Like you know, and so we're trying to keep up with all this machinery and like all this machine machinery, uh, and all this information that we're di like it's just we're taking it all in and getting mad, and I'm just like I I going back to art all these years that i that i've been living without papers and dealing with 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 my situation i'm always thankful to have art as a way to you know therapy like i should create a piece and put it onto the world and now it's society's you know responsibility <laughs> <laughs> totally well and what you were talking about a minute ago with i don't want to like dwell on politics but Something that I've been thinking about a lot recently, especially because the election is now next week, which is fucking ridiculous, um, is I'm now seeing a lot of this narrative of people being like, I don't want to pick, like they're both bad candidates. And something that stuck out to me a few weeks ago, I think it was after the first debate, is someone that I was working with um, walked by me and was like, my entire life I've been choosing the lesser of two evils. Like there has never been a perfect politician like running this race. Like you're never going to have that candidate where you're like, I agree with every single person mm -hmm. or every single thing that they have to say. Like mm -hmm. it's always been this, this lesser of two evils mm -hmm. conundrum. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I, I would say like to somebody, you know, who tells me that, cause I, 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 I hear that all the time. I'm like, well, what else are you doing aside from voting? Are yeah. you putting all your eggs in one basket? <laughs> you know, like, are you expecting, um, are you expecting... The president to just change everything? <laughs> yeah, you know, like, of course, it's, I mean, we, we, we're going to get into, like, who is, listen, under Obama, we had the most deportations. 
and this is like mm. the this is this is the this is the party that's supposed to be for us when trump got elected in 2016 people you know uh, were you know reaching out to me and to a lot of us were undocumented and they were like hey uh, are you okay maybe you should stop telling people you're undocumented you know like uh you know you know he's really racist and and i'm just like he's the only difference is that he's telling me like with 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 somebody like you know you know in a in a, a, a a progressive party you know mm. It's like doing things behind, you know, it's like stabbing you in the back. This dude is telling me in my face. So I'm like, all right, let's ready to like, I'm ready to swing. Right. And so <laughs> it's, it's, it wasn't, it wasn't a surprise. Um, it also woke like what this administration, this past four years, what it did for a lot of white people, <laughs> what it did, it's like, oh shit, this really is a bad situation. And a lot of us mm. have been like, we've been fighting, you know, uh, uh, this, t- this type of legislation, um, since forever because it directly affects us, you know, right? Like when all of a sudden mm-hmm. you have a face to this person who's telling you like Obama did it first. Like when he was telling at the last debate, when he was telling Joe, like, hey, those cages, you you guys build them, mm-hmm. he wasn't lying. <laughs> he wasn't mm-hmm. lying. And so there's no, there's not. there's you know, uh I, not to not to send people to another podcast, <laughs> but like you no, know, I should this is there's, good, there's, I'd like this. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. NPR's uh Code Switch, it's a really good podcast and they talk about like mm. all the Oh it really Yeah, they is, talk about yeah. like, you know, is Trump really racist? They, they, the most recent one of the most the, their newer uh episodes and they go back to past presidents, um, you know, who who really like this guy does a mm. lot of this, is doing some of this, but He's doing a lot of this, right? And so, but there's a, a lot, lot of, of precedents in the past who have done a lot of things under the radar that, like, that has, that has had a, a, a big effects and, you know, in us. And so, I, I, I think that going back to that, like, if if somebody tells me that I'm like, well, how are you organizing with your community? How are you connecting? Right? Like, we can, ex- we can even even within organizers, uh, you know, like I again consider myself an artist, and I work with organizers who have educated me, who I've asked, how can I help? Um, you know, if everybody sort of, you know, got this m- move this much, like like when it comes to elections, you know, we would be a better, you know, a little better off uh, as a community because I think at the end of the day, uh, politicians aren't going to save us; community is, you know, and so. And I think mm-hmm. we can all agree that mm-hmm. we've always found a community to rely on when things, when, when shit is hitting the fan. I'm sorry, can I curse? I don't know if you can. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you can say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree with that. I think that's been something that I've really appreciated. And I've definitely learned a lot about it, too, especially from the from these most recent Black Lives Matter protests is kind of all of the talk around uh, community building, community engagement, community policing being a lot of the thing and one of the things that really resonated with me the most is the the idea that community building community policing already exists in this country it just isn't it's our it's for the people it benefits it's been built into their society so they don't realize that it's there so like white suburbs where i'm from like it's already built in to that system it just might need to be a little bit more obviously implemented in other communities and people don't realize that that's like already you're already living with that and we're just trying to give it to other people so that idea of community engagement to me is something that is like to call it you know to call a spade a spade 
is something that's mm-hmm. new, but it's not new at the same yeah. time, you know? So I, I really agree with yeah. what you're saying and I really appreciate that. And I've, I have seen at least on my social medias, um, just all such a bigger, um, influx of, um, talking about community building and, you know, moving towards alternative systems of community engagement and personal or person to person support. Um, there's no need to recreate the wheel that we already yeah, have. I mean, but, rec- there, there's no need yeah. to recreate the wheel. It's just like asking, you know, how can you, I don't know. I don't want to talk in metaphors, but like, you know, how can you add to the wheel? How can you help pave the way so the wheel can keep uh-huh. rolling? Or I don't know, something like that. <laughs> uh, you know, there's, there, yeah. I think, I think we all, we all bring um, a lot of, you know, skills to different movements, to different, you know, you might, you might be able to help financially. You might be able to, uh, your cook, you know, when somebody is, you know, maybe you're the person that loves to, you know, like cook for people. Uh, I like to draw. I want to offer art. And so we all have, uh, there's always space, uh, for people who want to do more than, right? Like I can't vote. So I rely on the other things that I can do to try to, uh, change, uh, the, the dialogue specifically around immigrants, um, because you know that's that's where my lane is at that's that's where that's what i can understand um and we can intersect and learn from each other um but you're right i think i think the the black lives matter uh, uh movement um you know it's 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 really taught people to like hey we we only got each other and you know and, and it's important that that we listen, you know, to to black uh, folks in this country. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, is there anything else about this that you guys want to say? Because I actually want to jump back to the language. <laughs> Go ahead, Matthew. Bit in a second. Okay, just because. So I actually started taking Latin when I was in fifth grade, and then I took Italian all through college. So like romance languages and like foundations of mm-hmm. romance languages is like right up my like right up my wheelhouse of interests. Um, I'm just interested as someone who's a a native speaker of a mm-hmm. romance language. How what is it like in this kind of almost like language renaissance that we're, I think that some circles are kind of going through and kind of, um, degendering the way that we speak when a ro- when your language is oh, gender. Yeah. Mm. I mean I, I mean it's funny that you are, we were talking earlier about uh the way like you know as you know and the show going back to the show it, it goes back to drag all the time it always right. goes back to drag <laughs> but like the 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 host you know is using certain language certain words to degender some some you know degender the like take away the gender of of certain meanings and yeah. you can tell the contestants you know uh, are kind of like, wait, what are you talking? You know, like it's there's a confusion, right? Like you know, of uh, of younger people, but there's definitely a little bit of shifting. Um, the word Latinx, uh, you know, it's a it's a big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't identify. I I'm Mexican. <laughs> I'm brown and I'm Mexican. Like that's that's just you know that's just who I am. And so um, uh, I respect you know the if you know when referring to a bunch of brown people that are from Latin America. Latinx, perfect, right? And so I go back to, like, learning. And, you know, if somebody's asking me, if, if they're like, you know, it's about this, I, I'm, I'm down. Um, and I'm, I'm still learning because I, I don't, I, you know, 
I was actually doing a panel the other day, and I'm never doing this again. But like you know, translating, <laughs> translating, <laughs> and being the pa- oh, like, God. and I was leading the panel. It's I do not if you know make sure your organization pays or whoever you know like they pay for a translator, right? Um, I was trying to use uh, certain words that this person was was uh, uh, using, and I kept fucking up. You know, and so mm-hmm. all you can do whenever and one of the things that people tell you when you when you're learning, uh, especially when you mess up on pronouns, it's like, you know, thanks for letting me know, you know, rather than be like, I'm so sorry and making a big deal out of it. Right. Like, thanks mm-hmm. for letting me know. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it, 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 it's just it's it's new. It's new. And 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 um, and, and, and language has shifted so much and has changed so much. Uh that I I'm okay with change, I I'm okay. It's just you know it's the the remembering uh, of things, which is mm-hmm. if you're again it depends on what circles you run in, right? Like if if it's a bunch of heterosexual yeah, people of who like don't and and you know like we know this because we have friends who have taught yeah. us that those are the languages and those are the the the, the words that we're using, and so. Um, I don't see what the big deal is. I don't understand within my own culture this this need to want to like protect uh, a colonizer language. <laughs> that I'm just like this is not <laughs> what we're supposed to speak. You know, it's fun. You call it romance language. I call it colonizer language. Um, you know, because yeah. it's it's you know it's 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 language. It's it's uh, it's language mm-hmm. that was forced on us. That was back then, and it has totally changed to what they they talk now. And so why are you policing or taking care of, you know, like, you know, holding language so dear to your heart? Um, Things are meant to be shifted and changed and broken and, you know, but I understand. And it's not even like the Spanish you're speaking now is the same as, it's not even the same that they speak in Spanish. Not at all. You know, so it's like... (laughs) Not at all. I do, like, I I know how to make a a really good uh, Spanish accent, although my boyfriend doesn't think so. Really? Yeah, <laughs> honestly, you'd have us fooled. So yeah, <laughs> I'm from Spain. <laughs> so, wow, I also really do want to highlight as well um, your art and like how how mm-hmm. you said yeah, you said absolutely. earlier that that's sort of like a form of therapy for you, and I can relate to that on like when you need to process things and whatnot. I would imagine, and would just love to hear you talk on that a bit. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, I, I you know. Ever since I was a little kid, art has been my way of, even when I came to the, you know, to the States, I was always a kid in the back of the class, kind of like drawing and doodling and like kids would be like, oh my God, you know how to draw, let's be friends. Um, And I was always a kid who like for projects, I was always drawing, you know, let's have Julio on our team. I just want to have friends. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) really like it's, it, it, it really, it, it really, you know, I, you know, I and and I I went to high school in in here again in Southern California, Long Beach, Long Beach, uh, Unified School District. It's very pro arts, and so at a you know like when I was put in the seventh grade, you know the the first year that I that I came to the U.S., I was always you know art was uh like I had to take an art class. It was part of it was part of the curriculum, and so, um you know I grew up in high school. I was always involved in the art club, and so. Uh, teachers always push me to, they're like, they saw something in me. They're like, you, you have, you have, you have a gift for this. Right. And so 
um, you know, you can you can communicate messages. I was in the school newspaper, I was in the mm-hmm. yearbook staff, and I was always the drawing mm-hmm. person. Um, and so having my dream after high school was to move to New York, <laughs> uh, uh, move to New York. And I, my goal was to become the Mexican Andy Warhol. That was the plan. I was going to be the Mexican mm. Andy Warhol in New York. <laughs> and, uh, but of course, because of my status, uh, immigration, uh, my parents never saved up for college. I had to like stay here. And so throughout college, you know, I ended up, uh, majoring in journalism and so mm. I ended up doing a lot of, uh, I would do like mm. newspaper uh, editorial cartoons, political art. And so that was my, that was my training, you know, uh, 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 school oh, newspapers. So cool. um, and then that's such an interesting intersection too. Yeah. Because of yeah. like journalism and art. I mean, yeah, I, I did it because A, they were looking for somebody who could draw and I was like, I could do that. And mm. I started really falling in love with journalism, you know, learning yeah. how, I wanted to I wanted to make sure that I could write a little better, you know, again in being a being ESL and you know, but I like to tell stories. I like to write and so I try I haven't I don't I haven't written uh, written as often um as I would like, but uh you know, the this idea in journalism that you could tell people stories um and mm. and then i would add the the art component that you know go have an illustration yeah. to go next to my writing um i of course you know focus more on the on the drawing aspect when i i it took me like nine years to finish college again first generation going to college and then you know being broke and you know being undocumented yeah. the four-year yeah. path sometimes is not for you and so um I ended up right right when I graduated from college. Um, you know, there was this movement of undocumented uh, youth uh, trying to pass the Dream Act, and then eventually with DACA. And so my goal was always to document the journalist in me wanted to document what was happening in the movement. And so I sort of became the person. Um, you know, people would go to uh, let's make a poster. This person is getting deported. Uh, that, those yeah. were the most painful ones. The the most painful pieces that I made were of people. Uh, who were getting deported and were trying to stop the deportations. And so I understood the meaning mm-hmm. of like, okay, let's have this petition uh, to have a to have a piece of art to go with it. And so, um, you know, I'm by no means the best artist in the world. Like, I see so many people who... This is part of my, my uh, sort of like, you know, I should have stayed in art school because I could have like... But to me, honestly, the art... The art is important, but like, you know, where you're, the message is the hardest part, you know, like, absolutely. there's so many people, mm-hmm. I'm like, I see so many Instagram artists that I'm like, oh my God, I cannot do that. Um, but it's like, what, what do you make with that art? What do you make with that, with the message? And, and, you know, that's, that's, that, that's, that's the hard part. And so I, I just kept on going, um, you know, I would, I'm, you know, as, as artists, you always have to grow and, you know, and so now I have my iPad and I'm doing a lot of, uh, you see, you see, it's a new, it's a new, it's a new thing, you know, got to grow with the technologies. And so, but yeah, like art has mm-hmm. been, has taken me many places within the U S mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, although I do have to say, I, I have, a, you know, I sent art, you know, I send art to, you know, to London, I send art to, you know, Italy, <laughs> uh, and, uh, Mexico, Peru, uh, you know, like wow. I, I, the fact that I, my, I can travel outside of the country, but my art can, I'm like, that's, it sounds so, 
you know, like cliche as an artist without papers, but um, no, I think it's really my beautiful. art has been able to take me there. Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, really cliche is not even close to the first word that comes yeah. to mind. Yeah, powerful. I mean, I, I've never, I'm not involved in the, the art world. I could not be less of an artistic person, unfortunately. So this is all like new to my ears and like really powerful. Yeah, is really what it comes down to. Thank you. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I, I'm not, I mean, my art, it's interesting because like, again, I started as a journalist wanting to document what was happening through art and the art the art world you know museums galleries they didn't start you know kind of reaching out to me or like talking to me until like the past i don't know three years or you know four years um you know before that it was just for my community right and so mm-hmm. with the beauty of the internet it's that your art you know just gets distributed mm-hmm. everywhere and so i think also the fact that people in museums uh, curators, uh, you know, that's changing a little bit. And that's super mm. important because curators and, you know, whoever works in museums, if they don't, if they, if, if that, if it doesn't reflect us, like we're not going to be there uh, unless it's like specific Cinco de Mayo, you know, celebration. Let's bring the, let's bring the Mexican <laughs> artists, you know? And so I think that's a lot of that is changing. And I'm happy yeah. for that because, you know, it it does really need to, um, you know, to shift. And so, I mean, I'm ending the year, not to brag, but I am ending the year at an, at an exhibit at the Smithsonian, you know? And so I think that's, uh, yeah. that's, what? A, yeah. tell us more, tell us more about <laughs> yeah, it. So like last year I got, I got <laughs> reached out, uh, by Claudia Zapata. She's one of the cura- co-curators, uh, of this exhibit called Printing the Revolution. And it's looking at our work, uh, from the Chicano movement, uh, Latinx folks uh, from the 60s to now, you know, to the new wave. I guess I'm part of the new wave of artists who um, use graphics and colors to talk about certain movements. And and it brings in climate, you know, issues of climate, issues of, um, uh, you know, queer issues. You know, there's a lot of queer artists, uh, Black artists within the Latinx uh, community. And so the show opens at the Smithsonian uh, uh, Museum of American Art uh in november 20th and so um, i'm i'm showing soon. yeah it's it's ha- it's literally happening yeah, next uh, in the, they're like in yeah in like 20 days uh or so i don't know oh, 20 shit. something days um and so i'm 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 you know i'm i'm going to i'm i'm part of it and and you know again the drawings that i made in amazing you know, congratulations I'm, 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 ve- I'm very excited and and you know very very humble to be cuz like a lot of the people that are are part of this show are people that i looked up to when i was in college you know uh Lalo Alcaraz uh Esther Hernandez uh who sometimes some people might not know who they are and i'm like they've been making art forever uh and so i'm really excited about this show um, because there's plans of having a Latino museum, you know, in DC sometime soon, but it doesn't exist, right? And so uh, the curators, you know, they they did this whole show, and so I'm really excited to go see it in person, um, and you know, see the art. Um, I I don't know, I'm gonna cry. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, it's it's a it's oh. a, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a very emotional moment, uh, because I never thought about making art to end up at a museum 
you know, uh, to to be able yeah. to 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 get recognized by not white people creating, you know, or curating the show, but like my other my fellow peers, you know, uh, 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 brown and black uh, Latinx folks who are who mm -hmm. are curating the show saw my art and I was like, okay, this is amazing. Because a lot of the times when we when we talk about like success or like making it as an artist um, or, you know, making it in Hollywood is when when the uh, when you when you're palpable to uh more uh, more audiences and that means when white people like you and so like that's the standard <laughs> right. right like like oh if, when white that means you've made it right if white people like you i don't care you know I, i'm like if white people like my art that's amazing um that's great if straight people like my art that's amazing but my art is for like you know poc queer yeah. folks uh who uh have never seen themselves in art um and so that's that's the audience everybody else is welcome but that's my intention when i create a piece and it starts with me i make art for me i mentioned it was it's it's therapy i'm gonna make a piece that comes from the heart mm -hmm. absolutely i love that and i love that for you that's so amazing yeah, i'm excited i'm really excited yeah and you should fucking like don't ever say like i don't want to brag because we all want to hear you brag about this. I don't want to brag, but like low key, I want to brag. But like, like brag, that. <laughs> like, yeah. No, trust me, I've been telling everybody. I told like my neighbor the other day. Uh, you know, I took. I was taking out the trash, and you know, we're catching up. And I was like, I casually mentioned it. I was like, oh yeah, I'm thinking of you know, like in the middle of a pandemic, I might go to DC because you know my art is 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 showing at the Smithsonian, and she like. She freaked out and she was it's like, a good reason. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> like rightfully yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. No, we're, 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 uh, 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 me and my partner are like, you know, we're going to quarantine and like do it safely. Um, I, I've, I've known people that have been doing like half travel across the country. So I'm a little scared, but I'm like, I cannot not go. And so, so I was telling my neighbor and mm. then, and full circle, right? My neighbor was like, Julio, uh, I don't know if I ever told you, but like my son is gay and he's 17 and you know i would love if um, you can like talk to him and like you know mentor him and you know tell him oh that my God. you know they could i was just like of course of course yeah that's oh, so cute yeah no i'm like yeah i was just like yeah girl i'm like of course you know like i i think yeah, i think again right like we we're here for each other and so i think it's important that mm -hmm. you know to letting the the younger generations know that there's 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 nothing wrong with partying and doing all that thing, which I fucking love, you know, can't do it right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, a lot of the times we feel that there's already a stamp on us that, you know, there's sort of like a, uh, well, you're queer and you're a person of color. There's a limitation and that's real, right? Like we find a lot of, we find a lot of, you know, uh, camaraderie in, in gay clubs and, you know, and, and being like that. But I'm like, there's other mm -hmm. things that we also have to offer, you know, that culture, uh, you know, would benefit from our, you know, our brilliance, you know, as queer people, people of color. And so um, I can mm -hmm. I can only tell, you know, the younger folks that whatever they do with that, it's entirely up to them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Um, really quickly, I also do. I mean, I, I found you through the Hate Street Art Center. Um, yeah, I see that you're also the co-founder of Dreamers Adrift, and you work with the the culture for cult or the Center for, the Culture, Center for Power. Cultural Power. 
and you co-created the Disruptors Fellowship. Yeah. And would love to hear you yes. highlight I, each of those a little bit and tell us about those. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the the big one being the Disruptors, I think that's the that's the one that I'm I mean, I'm I'm proud of all the work that I've done with other folks. Uh, mm-hmm. but the Disruptors um, you know, uh as a full circle, like I I grew up again watching TV, you know, I yeah. mentioned you know, Rosette, Rosette of the 90s <laughs> was, you know, my dad <laughs> and, you know, Will and Grace, Friends, like all the shows, my so-called life, like all the shows that that were, you know, they like I just I love the shows, but they were very white, you know, and so uh, I, I never really saw myself, but I saw myself. And so I'm like, how come it's so easy for me to like really identify with white people, white families, uh, but it's hard for white people to identify with shows that are, you know, created by by black, indigenous, you know, POC folks, you know? And so, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. so I, you know, I, I've always wanted to, you know, like infiltrate Hollywood and write. And so like around five years ago, we, uh, me and my creative partner uh, through Dreamers Should Drift, we start, you know, we started writing this show. And so we, we've been working on it and it's, Hollywood is a whole different monster than the than the arts, you know, or the art world. Um, and so in that process, we, you know, we we came, we met uh, our mentor. Uh, her name is Aurora Guerrero, and Aurora Guerrero has, you know, she's a filmmaker um, and has uh, directed shows uh, for a Queen Sugar from Ava DuVernay. Uh, she mm. did, uh, she did like 13 wow. Reasons Why, uh, directed a, a couple of episodes for that. And so she's like in Shit. the industry. Right. And so we were like, oh my God, like, you know, she saw like our little web series that we had and, and she was like, I really like the way that you guys work and you guys write from the heart and real, you know, um, and all that stuff. Right. And so in that, in that mentorship, we, we learned a lot. And so I'm like, imagine if there was more, uh, mentors of color, you know, with, you know, young creatives yeah. of color and so last year i started dreaming up you know through my through my uh through my third organization that i'm part of the center for cultural power mm-hmm. i was like we need a mentorship program that brings that and like we can offer master classes that we can offer you know have them go into the studios and meet because one of the things that people anybody in hollywood needs it's the connections but also like Absolutely. the experience of of being around writers and so you know we planned it uh we were supposed to start like you know and then the pandemic start uh, like the whole pandemic kind of like threw us threw us off a little bit a lot and so we had to shift to uh an online um a platform and so um, essentially what it was, it was like, you know, it was, we had, uh, master classes, uh, we had Anashka Khan who, uh, she, uh, she directed, uh, she directed, uh, um, oh my God, um, I'm forgetting, wow, this is so bad. Uh, well, she started with, uh, uh she used to be part of, uh, Family Guy, uh, back in the day. Uh, and then, and then she Gosh. did, uh, uh, she, she also was working, uh, Fresh Off the Boat. Uh, she, so she did that. And then we had, uh, Josh, uh, Josh Seagal. Uh, he was like a, an executive producer for, <laughs> no, he was one of the writers for 30 Rock. And so like, we had like, 
We oh, had like wow. amazing people who were like when they heard about this, you know, this initiative. Uh, and you know, of course, a lot of credit uh, goes to the fact that we partnered with uh, Fifty Fifty by Twenty Twenty, which is mm-hmm. uh, an organization that was started by Joey Soloway, who um, you know was the creator of Transparent. And so, uh, so mm-hmm. they they started the organization, and we have this organization. Uh, uh, and so we kind of partnered up, and so Joey's, uh, you know, Soloway, uh, you know, contact, you know, we had folks. Uh, but also I know folks like have like, you know, in Hollywood that I've liked my art. And so, you know, we brought it, I brought in, I brought in <laughs> the, the creators, uh, the creators <laughs> from Hentify, um, you know, the new show on Netflix. Oh, yeah. I love that show. So the creators, show. oh my God, the creators, amazing. Uh, uh, Linda Chavez and, and, and Marvin Levels, uh, who, who, you know, and, and they, and they, they created the show and and what i love about you know people like 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 linda and 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 marvin is that they not so long ago were barely pitching a show they were also part of other fellowships and they came in and and they were like you know what can we do and so they did a master class and so we had um, you know it was it was a very amazing you know we had 10 fellows um and then we had people wow. we were very explicit on that people who were disabled, uh, black and, you know, uh, uh, indigenous or P- POC folks uh, to the forefront, undocumented people to the forefront, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. and so um, we had 10 folks and, you know, they, you know, just, I learned so much as well, you know, and so I am very, the fact that I was able to, you know, build this from nothing uh, with the help of many, um, you know, being able to have a space, even for me, to dream up of something like this. I, I owe the Center for Cultural Power um, a lot. And so uh, we need more places like this because this is only one fellowship, right? And so um, there's other, you know, like HBO and CBS and like they all have like, you know, diversity fellowships. But I'm like, how intentional are they being with making sure that they go out into the into the spaces? And so... Um, yeah. you know, and that they get mm-hmm. mentorship because mentorship is, it's, it's, it's how I, um, you know, I navigate it. I was able to navigate a lot of spaces. And it's so important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we're getting ready to, to, uh, you know, we're getting ready to, you know, to, you know, restructure certain things for Disruptors 2021. So I'm really excited about that. And so as soon as it comes out, I'll let you all know so you can, you know, blast it out as well to your to your contact absolutely please do yeah. we absolutely will oh, i love that um so i think we're probably gonna have For to sure. wrap things up um pretty soon but is there anything that we didn't talk about that you want to say or like want to get at or yeah i mean i i think i think specifically for um for for people who have been directly affected by a lot of these policies, um, it's important that, you know, we take a minute to kind of take it all in. Um, and there's, and I know that people like my, my dad don't have that luxury of like, I'm going to take a day off Mm -hmm. work and, you know, take a mental health. Like that's, that's, you know, um, he has to work. Uh, and, and so I'm still like, that's, I'm doing all this stuff, but I still have my connection to my family that is they're They're still undocumented and they're still dealing with the struggles. And so I, I'm helping as much as I can. Um, mm-hmm. but 
if you can, like just, you know, taking a moment and, and knowing that whatever the outcome is, um, you know, we have to rely on each other. We have to rely on each other to continue making change. And, and, and you know, I know people are scared of people's reaction. This dude who might not want to leave power, but we're yeah. going to have to like, you know, get it together yeah. as a community and, and, you know, be there for each other. And so... Uh, if you're listening to, to this, you know, on election day, uh, sending you all of my love and uh, all the ser- serenity that you can find because we all need it. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, because yeah. we need it. <laughs> we are all in this together, though. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> I guess so I guess a quick question on on like that similar note, you know, what what would you say to maybe people like Aaron and me, white people who on election day, you know, sending wanting to send people the best serenity and um the best vibes that we can, you know, I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase this, but just like what what's what is just crossing the line in terms of like reach in terms of like reaching out to people or wanting to to show your support for people who are going to be more obviously or more uh surface yeah. level affected um if that makes sense four years ago uh one of the things that i was hearing a lot and this was coming from a lot of white people was that i'm gonna leave the country you know and mm. i'm gonna move to germany i'm gonna move eh, eh. Uh, there's a lot of that. Uh, I would say, like, try to stay away from the, I mean, of course, maybe people said jokingly or whatever. (laughs) I'm like, talk to your, talk to your parents, talk to your family. Um, you know, we can come from the most progressive families, but I, if I've had to have conversations with my families about anti-blackness, racism, you know, all that stuff, we all... Mm -hmm have to do it and you know mm-hmm. like that's you know for any like for white folks who are out there i understand sometimes especially if you're queer um you know it could be hard and tough but it can be harder than getting deported it can be harder than you know like getting killed on the streets and so like it's just you know having having that like we don't we don't need to hear your sympathy we don't need to hear i'm so sorry um, you know, I, I, you know, we don't need to hear the sorry, the sorries. We need to, we need to, we need y'all to talk to your families and, and, you know, check them and, and, you know, don't fight, don't, 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 don't fight within each other, fight, you know, don't fight your family, but, you know, talk to your family. I think, um, that's, that's the big one. And, uh, and of course, you know, uh, there's that, you know, on Twitter, whenever I see people like, you know, send somebody Bedmo. If you have friends of color that you know, they're struggling, <laughs> your favorite organization, uh, whatever, uh, I think. But more than anything, uh, you know, talking, you know, look at yourself and, and, you know, you might say that you're not a Trump supporter or that you're not that you're not that racist. But how are you using your privilege uh, um, to 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 change to change you know to change uh, the 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 culture and and listen you know we're not that the, there's no clear answer to that there's no clear question to that other of than course, yeah. you know what do you think and it's sometimes it's the harder the hardest thing um, uh, to to do uh, 
that we're not willing to give up a little bit of our privilege. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes total perfect sense. <laughs> I, uh, I I appreciate you even addressing the question just because I'm sure it's an exhausting one having to tell white people what to do or guide white people in general, especially in these times. So I, I'm appreciative of you. Surprisingly, I mean, surprisingly, I don't really engage in a lot of a lot of that conversation. You know, conversations. I have white friends, mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't. I you know, I think I think the like I, I you know even like my white friends that I have like um, I I know I you know like they're they're open and sometimes they're like they don't talk to me or like they're like they don't talk that like for for that reason right like they're like we don't i don't want to you know i know you're dealing with shit like the last thing you want to hear is like i'm sorry this is happening Mm -hmm. you know yeah so because it doesn't actually help anything it just (laughs) no it doesn't it doesn't well anyway on a little bit of a lighter note (laughs) um yeah (laughs) julio what is the gayest thing that you have done this week the gayest thing oh my god I I, mean, <laughs> I mean I don't know if this is the gayest thing but like I was like last night I was like you know I, I got to my boyfriend's place and then I hugged him and I was like you were the last person I hugged I haven't hugged anybody in this whole time because of the pandemic I haven't hugged my parents I haven't hugged anybody <laughs> so I was just like he just looked at me like oh <laughs> like I, thought, I like he was like oh he was like yeah you're right like I have it so I don't know if that's the gayest thing but that's pretty gay hugging your boyfriend <laughs> totally it definitely is <laughs> Aaron what's the gayest thing you did this week uh, uh I think the gayest thing I did this week is probably watch like a few scary movies alone because we all know like, that gays love their <laughs> horror right for some reason but Freddy Krueger uh, gay yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Babadook? I mean... I never saw that. <laughs> really? Oh, my God, girl. It's so... Rid- it's a rid- honestly ridiculous. It's like the my, only I word. was, like, on a group chat, and my friend was telling me, like, she was, like, talking about witches. And I was like, i never seen that. She's like, oh, the, and you're the gay? New one? No, like, the I one? haven't seen the, the original one. No. I have not With Angelica yeah, Houston? I, apparently you're you're a bad Girls. day. Oh my god, you it's should, on Netflix. Should, yeah, it's it on Netflix. Out Netflix. <laughs> you should watch. You know Trixie and Katya, right? Like they yes. they have they yeah, have that course. they have like yeah. queens to watch, and they they they're like they're talking about witches. Uh, it's oh fucking my god. hilarious. So I'm like, I need to watch witches. That's I don't so like mean. scary movies. Oh, you I don't do? Like scary movies. But, oh my god, it's not, it's not scary. <laughs> I know. But... <laughs> I don't like remakes either, and I saw there's a remake, so I don't know. Oh yeah, it just came out. It's on what HBO? I kind of want to see it. Anne Hathaway. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And what Octavia Spencer? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I kind of want to see it, but I mean, I'll I'll see it. Like I'll I'll watch it, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Matt, what's the biggest thing that you did this week? Uh, you know, it's probably kind of similar to to Julio's, but I went for a walk with my boyfriend and his slash our puppy and we were holding hands walking this little like wiener dog that's like half doberman and we were just like this is like high key like super gay. gay it is <laughs> that's cute gay and i loved it it was a wonderful Very time domestic. yeah it was a good time. all right julio th- 
Thank you so, so much for being on this episode. It was an absolute blast. Um, if people can f- want to find you anywhere. Where do you want to be found? Not in real life. <laughs> or in real life. I, I mean, unless, <laughs> I mean, if, if you're into that, I'm not trying to yuck anybody's yum, but you know. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I know. The I Smithsonian. Pandemic, so, uh, the, yeah, if you're in D.C., uh, you know, they have the, the Smithsonian, the, the, the Museum of uh, American Art um, is... Um, it's open and they're uh, it's free and uh, they're they're practicing safe uh, you know uh, precautions to to go see the art. So the exhibit is called uh, Printing the Revolution. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram at Julio Salgado eighty uh, three or my website juliosalgadoart.com. Amazing Amazing. And we will also post his handle in the description and his um website in the description to this episode again thank you so so much this was thank you all for having me it was great meeting you aaron and matt yes great to meet you as well well. Um, and i will see you when you're back in la yes yes for sure And I will see you if I can ever travel to LA. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't I take a train? <laughs> uh, you guys can find me everywhere at Maddie Roar. And you can find me everywhere at Aaron Idelson. And you can find our Instagram or our, our podcast Instagram um, at Queering the Air Pod. Again, a big thank you to Julio for joining us. And we will see you guys next time. And if you haven't voted yet, get to the fucking ballot immediately. Go. Get- <laughs> Get in line right yeah. now. <laughs> um, also, while you're probably waiting in line for hours, read about your 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 rights um, with voting based on your state. Because don't post a selfie of you with your filled out ballot or with your ballot. Yes, if you're in line and the polls close, you can still vote. Yeah, if you're online when the polls close. <laughs> um, yeah, and then there are other ones. So. Just brush up on those. Just don't get out of line. Don't get out of line and don't let anyone intimidate you. Okay. Thank you so much. See you next week. Bye.